Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. My happiness is a direct result of my ability to give and receive love. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And today we're going to talk about a topic which I think is an extension to the self-love and self-worth episodes that we've recorded in the past. And it is about the concept of your love tank, which is a really cool way of putting it because it's it's a really good visual that really aptly helps to describe um, or communicate what we're talking about when we're saying that somebody needs to up their positive feel-good emotions. Now, often with clients, when I get them to go down into their bodies and talk about their yuck feelings, they'll describe them as like a, a black hole, a void, a dark place. Like a, it's, it's like, a, you know, like this hollow, empty, meaningless, lonely place. The, the opposite to that is your love tank which is, I kind of picture it like a vessel that needs to be filled right up to the top with lots of fuel to keep you going. To the point of overflowing even is fine. You can never put too much into a love tank. And it's what keeps chugging along and giving you energy and giving you strength and giving you positivity and keeping you up and keeping you on track and keeping you aligned and keeping you positive. That's my definition of what we're talking about when we're talking about a love tank. It's how it's the tools, the thoughts, the behaviors, the acts that you do and use every single waking day to keep your self-love and self-worth at high levels, to keep yourself nurtured, to keep honoring yourself to keep loving yourself, to keep living in alignment with your higher self, to keep staying true to the resonance of your truth in your heart, um, being intuitive and living a good life that's happy and enjoyable. When you wake up every single morning for now and the rest of your life, what emotions do you predominantly want to have floating around your ecosystem? And those are determined by the level on your love tank. Is it low? Is it high? Is it empty? Beautiful. I sometimes use the term bucket as well. So I'll go love bucket or energy bucket, uh, two different things. So bucket, tank, same, same, different. So many of our beautiful listeners are the kindest, most generous, committed to helping people on this planet. And that sometimes means that you are also the most depleted of love. Because you give and give and give and you know your bucket's empty but you just dig deeper and you find the last little skerricks there and you give that away as well. So I just feel that even though we've covered a lot of this stuff in other topics, it's good to do a, a refresher on it. Let's just remind you guys that are kind of feel like from all of the beautiful emails and messages that we get from you all, that over the past like 12 months, 18 months, so many of you have stepped up and outwards in what you are giving to the world. You're, you've become so much bolder in sharing your messages, your wisdom, your beliefs, your teachings, your healings. And as you expand, so too does your love tank. And so therefore, energy out, energy in, love out, love in. You have to become even more disciplined in making sure that your love tank is being kept full or at least is being kept replenished by the tools that you can give to yourself. 
And it's that old thing of, you know, when you're on a plane, if the oxygen mask comes down, you've got to put it on yourself before you can help anyone else. So as your your own tribe grows, as your own people that you are of influence with, of healing, of teaching, so too must be increased the amount of love that you receive. And in those stages, it's very It's wonderful to receive external validation, to go into the love tank, but it's so important that you're giving it to yourself as well. Simultaneously managing how much is going out. So many of you in your great enthusiasm of this giant leap that you've taken in your own individual journeys have perhaps not monitored your own balancing of love in, love out. And therefore you're saying yes to everything because you've got the ability to do that and it's exciting. However, you really need to look at keeping those scales constantly balanced. And I've just found that recently I've been coaching quite a few clients who they actually came to me many times, uh, quite a few of them through the business podcasts that we did, I don't know, a couple of months ago earlier in the year And so they came to me because their businesses were expanding and they were wanting direction and guidance, et cetera, or they were transitioning from one career to another. And yet this is where we had to coach. We had to coach around keeping love is going to help you to keep enthusiasm, to keep on purpose, to keep the drive going. So that bucket has to get filled up every single day or ideally it needs to be filled up in between each transition of energetic exchange where you might be dealing with three or four clients in a row, then you need to stop and you need to give yourself some love to get this filled back up. I love this. And I love that you started this topic today by talking straight away about boundaries because I'm thinking of, again, a lot of clients I've seen who are the the classic woman, healer, giver, nurturer, They came from generations of women who were people pleasers, who were martyrs, who suffered for the cause, who gave everything and the shirt off the back to their husbands, their six children, their family, their community, the school fate. They all got breast cancer because they didn't know how to give to themselves their own heart. They attracted in a lot of users and abusers, dominant people, bullies, etc. into their lives because they have such a a poor um, knowledge base on where that invisible line is that goes around you like a safety parameter for energy in, energy out. So they have the love languages mastered. You have a a bump on your knee. You need a cup of tea and a pat on the head and a story to share and a sob to have. You, You go to these beautiful nurses, earth angels, healers, you know, empaths. But the greatest lesson for many of those sorts of souls is how to turn around and give that level of adoration and unconditional love to their own selves because they usually feel inherently uncomfortable doing so. And again, it's not it's not their fault. It's like our, our mothers looked in the mirror and didn't know how to love themselves. We've had a lot of very shitty role modeling in this society from people who just don't know how to, you know, look at our episode we did on laziness. It's that whole, how do you, how does a woman just lie down in the sun for an hour after school when the kids are there banging around and everything needs to be done and the dinner needs to be put on and chores need to be done? 
we constantly feel guilty for any act that is giving to ourselves. I ate chocolate. I feel guilty. I just spent more money than I should have on a top I wanted. I feel guilty. I I did something I've, I haven't told my husband husband about it. You know, I, it's it's this constant feeling of kind of having to hide often related to acts of self-honoring and self-nurturing. I don't really want to go to that party, but I don't want to hurt her feelings. So I'll tell a white lie or I'll just go anyway and act like it's fun, but leave early. But you're negating the self and that depletes the love tank. And if you think of a battery, there's a plus on one end, there's a minus on the other. Energy has to go out. Energy has to come in in equal amounts for this formula to work and for the body to remain in a healthy, harmonious chemistry. One of the other things that I've noticed too is when you are a giver of love in whatever form that is of teaching or healing or all of the different things we've just talked about, and that is what you do nine to five, and then you go home, is that your bucket is actually depleted when you get home. And then maybe you're dealing with wives or husbands or children or elderly parents or whatever. And I'm seeing a bit of a pattern where some of these people are having conflict in their relationships at home because they are so depleted of love, they actually haven't got enough to give at the end of a day. And so what's happening is that their resilience is low, therefore they are being triggered and they're going into shadow side and they are now creating conflict where they are withholding love. So when we withhold love from another, and an example would be a teenage child that's got attitude, they're doing a bit of the dude at you and rolling the eyes and disrespecting you and not asking, not offering to help in any way, and you've got nothing left in the love tank to give, that child is certainly not getting any love from you. So you're withholding it and you're justifying it in your mind because that child doesn't deserve it right now. But what you're actually doing in that very act is depleting your love tank even further. So a tool that I have for you to replenish your love tank throughout the day and evening is look for where are you withholding love? Is it the client that sent you an email that you just really can't be bothered dealing with because it's triggering you? Is it the person that annoyed you in the supermarket and you want to just have a crack at them back? Any time that you have gone into a negative fear-based behavior, you are withholding love. And when you withhold love, you're not just withholding it from the person that would be receiving it, you're actually withholding it from yourself. You're shooting your own self in the foot. And this is that basic spiritual mantra, treat others, you know, how you wish to be treated. It's treat others, what is it, unto yourself? Do to others as you wish to have done to you. Thanks, Jane. That's the one I'm grasping for. I mean, it's no different. It's exactly the same. So sometimes we think a love bucket is empty and we've got nothing left to give, but it's actually the very act of not giving that is depleting it further. Yeah, big time. And it's a tough one. And I know it's a tough one and, and that's why, but I think that our listeners are going to get this because I think that they would be in this kind of XY chaos of so much love and giving in their certain area of their life of whatever area it is or maybe you're the other way around maybe you're giving it all out to your family and and those that you live with and those that you care about the most family and friends and yet you're withholding love in the workforce because it's a job you don't really like and you're getting triggered and so you are withholding love 
which is actually depleting you in that arena. And maybe let's frame it this way. Maybe any area of your life that you are keep denying, resisting, not wanting to think about, put your head in the sand, I'll deal with that later, don't want to know about it, self-medicate to numb it out, you're draining life force. You're draining the love tank. It's, it's, it's all the ways in which we don't deal as well. Because when we talk about filling up the love tank, oh, there's heaps of easy, nice stuff. Oh, yeah, I, yes, Rebecca, I have a massage once a week. I have hot baths every now and then. I, I can sit easily by myself with a book and, I, oh, I can do all of that. Well, let's look at what you're not doing. Are you saying no when you really mean yes or yes when you really mean no? Are you putting limits or boundaries down on certain friendships? Are you speaking your truth in your job? Are you, you know, dealing with like the big, heavy, woundy stuff that you actually don't really feel like getting up in the morning and looking at today because it feels so yuck. But that is the stuff which over time has a much more insidious, sinister effect. It's like the punctured holes at the bottom of the love tank. You can put the massages and, and the cups of tea and pieces of cake in on top or whatever, but it's draining out the bottom by the stuff that you're not actively addressing. Nice. Mm. Nice. And childhood. Um, I just wanted to say a little bit more about childhood. You know, there's a statement which I feel we need to own as spiritual people, which is controversial and doesn't seem or sound fair. And it's it's a question I ask of the clients I have who've come from neglectful or abusive childhoods or even not necessarily even that dire straits, but just from a childhood where mum and dad had a lot of kids, they were really busy trying to feed all those mouths, didn't have a lot of time, the kids, a couple of the kids' basic emotional wants and needs weren't met, right? And, you know, so then we're going to inner child self. Ever since their seven-year-old self never got what she emotionally wanted and needed, these couple of emotions, attention and love, um, she kind of stunted at that age, so she might be 47 having a chat with me on the phone and she's a high-functioning, intelligent, you know, 47-year-old woman out in the world is a professional businesswoman and has three children and a nice marriage. But the part of herself that never got what she wanted and needed at seven is still alive and well inside her and isn't going anywhere. That's the part of her that comes out and throws a tantrum every time it feels unsafe or it gets triggered. It's the part of her that still makes crappy choices in her life. It's the part of her that still doesn't know how to fill up her love tank. And to these people I say... Now, if we go back to childhood and we say, really, was it mum and dad's responsibility to make you feel loved? Is it anyone's responsibility in this lifetime to give you the love that you need and the self-worth that you need? It's a harsh question because, of course, every baby needs to be loved by its mummy and daddy. But the truth of the matter is, as a soul, it's about putting your big girl knickers on or your big boy boots on. <laughs> I love that saying. Isn't it? And just realizing that you, love and self-worth begins and ends with you. You are the only person who can ever monitor it, control it, create it, allow it in, block it. It's You're in charge of the boom gates. I'm going to bring up the five love languages yet again because I think it would be remiss not to include that in this podcast. Bang I'm going on. to go through it because it is one of the most powerful tools to be able to feel love and to be able to give love to somebody where they will feel it. So as we've said before, it's one thing to know it. We know our parents love us, but do you feel it? And if you've got children, your children will know that you love them, but do they feel it? Two totally different things. So the five love languages are, to reiterate, if you haven't heard me talk about them before, is are words of affirmation, acts of service, 
gift giving, quality time, and touch. Now, that's the short versions of them. Now, this comes from the work of Dr. Gary Chapman, and there's a wonderful website called the Five, uh, called five the number five, fivelovelanguages.com. If you go to that website, there's a free test that you can take. It'll only take about five minutes. Very black and white questions that they ask you. Would you, if you've got a free night, would you like your best friend to take you to the movies or would you like to uh, go and do a painting class together? Uh, It'll ask you very simple things that you just go, this one or this one. The results will be emailed straight back to you with the percentages of which languages you resonate with the most. So for me, mine, no surprise here, is words of affirmation. The second one is touch. Now, gift giving, I really don't care about. I mean, I like to give gifts, but if I receive gifts, yes, it's nice, but it doesn't rate high on my agenda. Um, Time, not that fussed about that. And acts of service, I do like that one. But the two main ones, so for me to fill up my love tank, I need to hear words of affirmation or have physical touch such as hugs. I like it when somebody, you know, I love hugs. I like it if they pat me on the knee or they're walking past me and their hand goes on my shoulder or my arm, etc. Now, my husband's is acts of service. So prior to knowing this, I may go into a little meltdown about, you don't love me anymore, you don't tell me you love me, blah, blah, blah. And he'll say, what do you mean I've just washed your car? And I go, I don't care about my car. (laughs) And he will say, but I've washed your car because I love you. Now, his is acts of service. So I can intellectualise that and when he washes my car think, oh, well, he does love me. Mm. But it doesn't really fill my love tank up. He needs to actually use words and touch to make me feel loved. And if I want him to feel loved, I need to do acts of service for him. Now, that's on the surface level of giving of love to another. How do you give it to yourself when you know what your primary love language is? Well, for me, being words of affirmation, what do I do? I do a podcast because I get to talk all sorts of words of affirmation. And I receive that validation back. So energy out, energy in. If you your love language is acts of service, then go and volunteer somewhere at a, uh, a place, a, a charity that needs you to do some acts of service. And as you do that in charity in the art of giving, you will receive that back. So whatever it is that you express love, you need to find more ways in that particular love language to express it to fill your own love tank up. I like this, Jane. Oh, please, Beck. Thank you. Yes, no, that's fine. I'm also thinking, because we need to give some really practical tools, which you've just started to do, about how does one fill up a love tank? Yes, that's all very well, Beck and Jane, but what do you mean? I think we also need to just even say, what are the symptoms? What does somebody look like who has an empty love tank? How do you know if it's empty or dry? Well, I, I think it's as simple as life force, how much vitality you have, how much energy you have, how passionate you're feeling about your life, yourself, your lovers. It's it's to do with you, that general state of when you wake up in the morning. You know, do things cross your path during the course of a day, whether it's a, an invitation or an email you have to answer or you know, like a, I don't know, interaction with someone or something you've got to go and do at a meeting at three o'clock and the body goes like this. 
you got to check your life for the ooze. Because wherever something makes you feel heavy, it's usually out of alignment with something that, with what you need and want for joy. And the purpose of life is joy. The purpose of this reality, as far as I can tell, is really just to rearrange it as much as possible to bring yourself as much joy as you can have. And I mean that in a spiritual way. Don't go out and, go out and kill people to get what you want and need because I need more money. And I, you know, like I mean it in the most higher vibrational. Learn to toughen up and love yourself enough to say no to the things that you don't need, yes to the things that you do, to get rid of the feelings that block you from having that which you need to feel happy, right? So the symptoms of a low love tank are a person who still has a lot of oohs in their day. They're still committed to a lot of obligations. They carry a lot of guilt. They carry a lot of stuck feelings. Their ego goes crazy. They hold themselves back. They limit themselves, fear of failure, self-sabotage, low self-worth, bad self-talk. These are the symptoms of a low love tank. One of the things I think is a really cool, very simple tip to overcome the uh, get into gratitude. Find the positive, find the gratitude for whatever it is that you need to well, my tip force is to yourself through. It. No, but, it, but there might be situations where you can't just Correct. say, I'm not doing it. Correct. So you've got to get happy with it. You've got to find the positive to but get I, happy with it. I do believe in having larger scale grand plans as well. It might be something in the immediate that, yeah, you're not going to quit your job today on a Tuesday or whatever. That's inconceivable, impractical and impossible for the now. But you need to have a greater plan about where you're taking this reality as the architect of your own fortune, as the as the chief designer of what you're doing and what you've allowed in over many, 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 many years of patterning, of conditioning, of allowing, of negating the self. You've built up jobs and relationships and dynamics and habits that just, yeah, it's easy to wake up at 30 or 50 and feel completely trapped by your life conditions. But in the same way that you slowly over time layered those, you can slowly over time unlayer them by filling your love tank and boosting your self-worth and self-love, which will no longer allow you to keep enabling the shit. It will feel uncomfortable and unfamiliar to start insisting upon something new and different, but not impossible. And people turn this stuff around every single day and you can too. Lovely. Another way that I identify people who have empty love tanks are people who lead with their victim story. It's the poor me story. And when somebody says, you know, it's not fair and out they come with the story or how are you and you get the same story but told in a 20th different version of it, that person's love tank is depleted. It is empty. So if you or somebody you love is sharing the same victim story all the time, their love tank is empty and they need help to fill it. Don't you think as well, Jane, you can tell it from somebody's face. You know when you're at the supermarket or in the airport and you're just people watching, there'll be someone over there in the corner and they've got a hard like the, what we call the bitchy resting face, right? Or just a hard expression. I was laughing with my teenage girls about resting faces the other yeah, day. Exactly. I know, but that. But I believe the resting face is the the dominance of the internal dialogue that's going on. That's what I'm talking about. And and I find it interesting because my resting face is actually very serious. Mm. And I do spend a lot of my time in serious contemplation. And I'm okay with that, but I always remember saying as I get older, I don't want to have one of those, you know, those mouths where there's a big wrinkle that goes from either side of your mouth down and it's like, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> and it's, it's you know, a mean, I don't want to look like a mean old lady, but how do you not look like a mean old lady? 
don't be one. Exactly. So it's interesting. You can just tell from somebody's anxiety, energy, their eyes, their skin, their wrinkle lines, what kinds of thoughts they tell themselves. It's it's fascinating. Mm. So back to the love tank. So how do we fill it up? Well, Jane's talked about the different love languages. Know what yours are so you can give yourself the kind of love that best translates to you. Now, there are the obvious things. Like I said earlier, yes, you can go and get some exercise, eat something that's good for you, have a massage, uh, you know, do, do things that bring you pleasure. I love looking in museums or op shops all Saturday afternoon. We'll go and do that. Or I love traveling once a year to France. We'll go, go, go and do that if you can. Um, I think that there's subtler ways though in a day-to-day 24-hour sort of set you can't always go and run a big hot bath with crystals and candles if you're at work and you're totally stressed you've got six things on the to-do to on the to-do list between now and when you go to bed what can what are some little tools you can do to instantly inject some positive fuel or one of i just mentioned before gratitude Gratitude. I love it. It fills my love tank very quickly, particularly if I'm on that negative spiral. I am tired. It's the end of the day. Um, my energy bucket is low. I try very hard to not let it be depleted. But give, give an example of what you might say in your head. Okay, so then I walk in the house and I see all of the mess that my teenage children have left for mum. You know, the lay that the the, um, the built-in housekeeper that will come and fix it all up and clean it up and I've got to clean everything before I even start cooking dinner which then has to be cleaned up again afterwards so that can put me into a negative of you know it's not fair there's my victim story where do I have to do it wine 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 I then withhold love from the children because I'm resentful of them so I walk in the door bang crash let's destroy everything in its path (laughs) so instead I do a quick rampage of appreciation so similar to gratitude, this is, this is actually this is an Abraham tool, rampage of appreciation. Quick, instead of seeing all the messy dishes, run around your house and go, oh my gosh, I love this, that pleases me. I've got some aesthetic things here that please me. I'm so, or you can go into the material of, of abundance. I'm so blessed that I am so abundant that I have so many dishes that I can actually create such a mess in my house. I am grateful that my children are actually here and not just disappearing off at nighttime and wanting to be elsewhere. Going very quickly into a rampage of appreciation. I feel better already. Oh, do you? Thinking about your dirty dishes and now I'm on a rampage of appreciation. Oh, good. There you go. It's Done. so effective and 17 powerful. 17 seconds. <laughs> 17 seconds is all it takes. Yeah. So that's a very quick one that I find works beautifully um, as well. But then here's something, the self-actualization, the moment where you want to go in and tear shreds off the teenagers because once again they've been lazy versus the ability within yourself to call on love and not fear. And what's the fear? The fear is that I've raised lazy girls. <laughs> well, the reality is I haven't. Maybe I have in the dishes department, but they can sort that out another day. Be able to call on the love to be able to gently go in and go, my beautiful children, how are you? How was your day? To be able to soften my energy and go in with love actually fills my love tank up. Because to go in with crushing energy and negativity is going to deplete it like I've just pumped those holes in the bottom of the barrel and it's all running out. My battle with this in my personal experience has been, or, or should I say, my what I've learnt about what best fills my love tank is to defend, protect and stick up for myself. What does Rebecca think? You know, there's always so many voices around you. Even your best, most beautiful girlfriends will always tell you and you're so likely to go with their opinion because you trust and love them so much and you're not sure and you trust them and they must know. 
you know, at the end of the day, no. You re- this is why I meditate because it's the only way I can figure out what I think. I have to cut down all the voices and all the noise and ask my heart and ask my feelings. What does Rebecca think? What does Rebecca need? What does Rebecca want? I don't really want to do that thing on Friday night or I don't really need to have that person in my life anymore or maybe it's just something small. I really need to clean out that room because it's blocking my creative flow. Then the next step is to honour it. Sometimes that's going to be a very small thing. Sometimes it's going to be a very large thing. You know, sometimes it might just be making a small choice, like what you're going to put in the supermarket trolley to feed yourself with. Sometimes it's going to be overhauling an empire, closing down a business, letting go of somebody, ending something, um, you know, potentially putting yourself into a very confrontational circumstance. But this is how large and small we, we honour ourselves and fill our love tank up by backing, defending, believing in, standing up for, honouring and supporting ourselves at the deepest level. That is gorgeous, Beck. Oh, thanks, Beautiful. Woo! My happiness is a direct result of my ability to give and receive love. So pay attention this week as to how you... Send love out, but also allow love in. Have a look at the flow. Check if it's even. Check if it's uneven. Check where it needs to be upped. Or maybe you're giving too much out. That needs to be brought back a little bit. Maybe time to put a little little bit more love in. If you'd like to put lots of love in, you can do Jane's self-love course. Oh, yes, you can. All the details are at my website, which is janedonovan.com.au. If you want more tools, just go back through our catalogue of all of our our episodes on lovelifeshow.com. We have covered this in many different ways over the last couple of years Um, and of course you know if you would like to support the love life show in any way um, particularly monetarily you can do so on our website as well we have a little support us button there that you can click and donate anything of your choosing just to help us keep the quality of the show going and keep the show going for free and ad free at the moment as well so until this time next week have some fun filling up your love tank and enjoying the beautiful exquisite feelings that are sure to result Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening And it's a beautiful day